Dark Academies, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sophie Waters. And I'm Sarah Purnell. And this episode, we're looking at My Dearest Darkest by Kayla Cottingham. Finch has dreamed of attending the prestigious Ullaloom Academy for years, and she's finally been accepted. But her audition day ends in tragedy when she miraculously survives a horrific car accident that killed her parents. Finch doesn't know how or why she survived, but she does know that she feels an un- inextricable pull to the school. From the moment Finch arrives at Ullaloom, she's also immediately drawn to the beautiful and popular Selina St. Clair. After Finch accidentally summons a mysterious creature in the basement of the school that promises to give the girls everything they desire for just a small price each time, it seems like a miracle. But as the requests become darker and more grisly, Finch and Selina begin to delve into the history of the school and the local town of Rainwater to find out just what it is that they've done and the consequences of their actions. Just before we get stuck into talking about the book, I just want to run over the content warnings for this novel. So we've got death, death of a parent, gore, body horror, violence, toxic relationships. And also give a spoiler warning because we will be talking about all of the ins and outs of My Dearest Darkest. Hmm. And if this podcast tickles your pickle and you would like more, you can also sign up to our mailer where we also have exclusives and giveaways and all that fun stuff. And you can find that at the darkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com. Highly recommend it. I'm not biased at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so why did we choose this book? Hmm. I mean... That, that decision both brought us some regrets this week. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. It wasn't our favourite, which is becoming a trend for our final book of the season. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's the finale of the season already. But I think what kind of pulled me to this book was that it's billed as a sapphic horror, as Wilder Girls by Rory Power meets the film The Craft. And those are both things that I enjoy. They are both great things. And when it was suggested for this season, and you know, I was, I was properly gung-ho for it because I already had the book because I bought it in America. I just, I don't know why. I feel like I blanked that out. I don't remember you picking it up at all. Yeah. It had a little Barnes & Noble sticker that I've just peeled off it as well. <laughs> I, I mean, I believe you. I just don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We didn't enjoy this. It was a, a universal decision. Decision? Opinion? Whatever the word is. But it was it was pretty much a no from us. Mm. So do kind of take that into consideration as we go through this episode. Because I can't um, guarantee that there's going to be, you know, a lack of bias in how we talk about this. Mm. Because it uh, made made this week challenging, this book even though it's very short and a YA novel, so it should have been very easy to read. It took me all yeah. week. <laughs> As ever, we will we'll run through all of the tropes that we kind of think identify a dark academia topic and apply them to My Dearest Darkest. And if you need a refresher on what they are and how we kind of came to those, you can go back um, right to the beginning of the podcast catalogue and check out our introduction to Dark Academia episode or even our secret history episode, which kind of is where these tropes stemmed from. So let's get going. Let's do it. So the first one is a higher education setting 
often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way? Well, it is elite and exclusive and it is on campus, but it is a it's a boarding school, high school level, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it technically gets a pass on that one, only yeah. on that small aspect, just because it's YA. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it would be a very different book, wouldn't it, if they were <laughs> yeah. if they were at college or yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I, although kind of the way it opens, it establishes the uni, the not the uni. We just established that it is not uni, <laughs> um, the school as really elite and exclusive. I kind of couldn't really read that from the text because yeah there was so much about it being like all art you know selena's a a dancer she does ballet and um finch plays the piano maybe three times in in the book um but there's also mention of like maths and science scholars and yeah i mean there is a i'm sure there's a bit where it says that it it's got its prestige as an arts uh school but it does everything yeah (laughs) so it it's just a not to say normal it's a posh high school but it's renowned for pushing through arts people through to an ivy league college yeah i think so i think it's got that kind of vibe yeah it's got that like liberal liberal arts leaning hasn't it i think yeah it's like if you went there you're more likely to get into the conservatory or or like emerson and yeah places like that um but i think other than that like direct establishing of you know the authorial voice telling us that i didn't really get much of that outside of um when selena and finch are rehearsing yeah we don't really see much of the school side of it even though they are in boarding school there's not actually much school no, they don't really do much school at all. And I think this kind of overlaps a little bit for one of our later tropes, which is a preoccupation with classical studies, Latin, Greek, literature, philosophy. They're supposed to be kind of like all consumed by these passions, aren't they? They've worked so hard to get there. And then they just, I realise that they've summoned like some like hellish creature who is, you know, slowly pulling them apart. But other than one character, is it is it Risa, whose scholarship is at risk, and then Selena, during rehearsals, like breaks her ankle and um, has to make a make a deal with this uh, creepy creature in the basement so she can perform. There's not really much feeling about, you know this kind of potential career path that they're saying yeah themselves. i mean F- finch this is everything that finch has wanted and she gets there and then gives it no further thought yeah she's like oh no i like a girl that's it now yeah you know there's not really much else there which it's such a major part of dark academia isn't it is that that compulsion yeah i mean I think they could have even I'm really like jumping ahead now I think they really could have taken it in the direction of when they're doing the research about so the creature that they've um summoned in the basement is called Nerosi and um she kind of grants wishes essentially for you know in exchange for 
some human hair, fingernails, eyeball, you know, depending on the level of uh, request. Um, but while we get a little bit of research into neurosis and like the the history of like this happening before, I think that really could have been like explored a lot more heavily. Yeah. I think that would have or replaced that academic obsession. Yeah, or have them more like have the stakes higher because like it didn't feel like I mean obviously it was a big deal for Selena to hurt her ankle, mm. but at the same time up until that point you didn't really get a sense that she gave a crap. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the it, it, it if they were like a, to the point of obsession over kind of getting in getting a good grade or whatever, so they can move on to the next stage and have a good career and what have you, then it would make more sense for them to be more lured in by this creature. Yeah, exactly. And there also wasn't much wrestling over the decisions to make these deals either. No, it was you know as soon as she kind of fell on her ankle. I was like, oh, there we go. (laughs) You know, there was no kind of, oh, will she, won't she? Yeah, I think it also would have created, wouldn't have created more uh, tension as well. Like if she'd have got the ankle checked out and they would have been like, no, you can't dance on this. And then then she's like, no, actually I will. And has this like seemingly miraculous recovery. And then there's more questions and raises the stakes higher. But instead she goes, no, I'm just going to go and get it fixed by the creepy woman in the basement. (laughs) Yeah, I think there are a lot of easy outs in the plot just as a whole. I said this to you like when I was reading. It felt like the author was just moving chess pieces with with the characters. It didn't feel like they had agency that they were that they existed and were making decisions it was you know someone pulling the strings but not in the way of that clever authorial it's the monster pulling the strings you know Mm. but but yeah i massively skipped over um a whole trope there so (laughs) let's go back to old gothic architecture sorry i got carried away Allegedly, we don't ever really see it, but we're told that it's gothic. Yeah, we are told as like a one-liner, but we, yeah. Yeah, it explicitly says gothic. It does, yeah. <laughs> we don't really get anything more than that. No, we don't get any description. The, the only kind of other reference we get to like the school building itself is when, like literally in the opening scene, when Finch and her parents are driving up to the school for her audition... And her dad comments on how it's ugly or the building isn't very nice. Yeah. And Finch is like, oh, I think it looks pretty. And that's it. Yeah. There's there's not really much scene setting at all, I don't think. Yeah. 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 Not, not much there in the way of uh, architecture. Yeah. I mean, technically it gets a tick. Technically it ticks yeah. that box. Yeah. On it, the technicality. But... Yeah, definitely. It but, just didn't have enough... It wasn't a presence. You're just told no. that it's there and then it moves on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a part of the story. No. Or the atmosphere or anything. But murder? Plenty. Always. 
have we ever said no to murder? I feel like we haven't. <laughs> There's always a murder. I mean, technically, were her parents murdered? Because there's something a bit weird about how that happened, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, there's the suggestion that Neurosi is pulling the strings there, um, you know, as she's lying in wait, lying in wait. Um, and it's suggested that Neurosi is the one that rescues her and then ties herself to Finch so that yeah. Finch will be drawn to summon her and, you know, kick this whole thing into motion again because it it happened 20 years ago in a similar kind of set of events but yeah i think i'd count that as murder yeah and then obviously griffin yes that's horrible actually that is awful (laughs) yeah that's that's one of those things like i didn't feel like it was a horror until we got to like the last third yeah it's you know when um, like the the, I can't remember which girl lost the fingernails. Is it Risa? It might be because she's the one who went completely off the rails by the end, isn't she? Yeah. And then there's the girl that got scratched by the the stag that is kind of. Oh, the one that got bitten. Yeah. Oh, is it a bite? Yeah. So, and it's like kind of almost neurosis is like familiar, essentially. Mm. Um, that's the point where I started seeing the horror because it's definitely like body horror. Yeah, and then Selena has to sacrifice her back teeth. Yeah, oh that's my God, that made me feel quite sick. Uh, I'm also but... not entirely sure how she didn't pass out, but... <laughs> no, because I, like, oh God, I've had my wisdom teeth out and and that was with, you know, pain, like pain relief and that was... yeah bad enough let alone having them ripped out <laughs> yeah Ugh. gross I was, I was kind of disappointed i was especially with the comparison to like wilder girls i really enjoyed that i know it got some criticism at the time but it's basically about a group of girls in a boarding school that kind of a mysterious plague hits and their bodies start morphing and falling apart almost like some girls kind of get scales and they grow extra limbs and things fall off and disintegrate and that's really visceral kind of body horror from the off and Mm. i think i was expecting that and this this is a ya novel too wild girls so it's not like it was a genre genre that's not (laughs) how i say that genre (laughs) a genre um distinction or anything so I th- have... <coughs> sorry, I just remembered that I used to have an English teacher that used to say genre. Genre. Yeah. <laughs> genre. <laughs> That's so good. Sorry. <laughs> As you were. <laughs> that was a very important um yeah. important note. Genre. And the sound I'm gonna think of it now. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so I was disappointed of that and the murder kind of did give a bit of that notion of horror back. It did, but I really have issues with the fact that Griffin had to be sacrificed. Yeah. I did think it was an odd choice as well. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, they could have chosen anyone, but it just does seem odd to pick someone that they're essentially quite close to. Mm, but also not 
super close enough for him to be like an enemy or a rival or oh no no he's just more like an he's an acquaintance but also one that has sort of been with some of them i don't know you know what i mean like there's yeah, a yeah. there's a closeness but it's not hmm. basically yeah. there's no way to go kind of go ah oh, that's why they picked them you know yeah there's no kind of I think this is my problem as a whole with the novel. There's no emotion behind any of the choices. No. And I don't know how I was supposed to care if none of the characters really had any care <laughs> anywhere, you know? Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was going to be either Selena or Finch that was going to mm. she was going to attempt to take the heart from. And I thought that would have been more impactful like emotionally because yeah again it makes more sense mm-hmm. well sort of if you're following the same line that that she hates finch and she feels betrayed by selena but at least that makes more sense yeah no absolutely i was expecting that too mm. um or maybe even simon yeah because he true. was the driving force behind kind of uncovering this myth and this legend and you know he brought it into the forefront for a lot of the characters so it yeah. could have been, you know, Neurosis' control of Kira going, let's get him out of the way. I also just thought that it was sad that there was no... Um, uh, what's the word? Not comeback. There was no... Repercussions? Consequences? No. Um, redemption. For oh, her. okay. You know, there was no chance for her to kind of accept that she fucked up <laughs> yeah it's kind of like of wake up word. yeah 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 that's true it's she just gets sent through a void with neurosis doesn't yeah. she? yeah it's very black and white right and wrong yeah kind of approach to it i think so our next trope is a dark moody and or haunting vibe and for me i think this is again on a technicality it ticks those boxes but i didn't feel anything i didn't there wasn't really an atmosphere for me no i mean i go in moody but only because finch is quite a moody character <laughs> yeah she is yeah yeah but there's nothing like the setting is it's such an evocative setting like it has a lot of potential but it, it just wasn't used effectively. Yeah, and also the perspective moves around quite a lot before you can really kind of sit behind a character. Yeah. So I listen... So you, Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, so you'll be like with... Well, you'll be uh, on the shoulder of Finch and then suddenly you'll be with Selena in the next paragraph. And I just found that a little bit... Um, I don't like that style i find it a bit jarring especially when you're looking for like a certain vibe or because you're constantly moving around so if it's chapter by chapter you get a chance to sink into that chapter again and kind of be with that character for long enough to feel the emotion of it but when you chop and change so much it's almost like being at a tennis match and you're just like pew, 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 pew. yeah i struggle with that too like i listened to it via audio and i had to restart it several times because I thought it was me. 
<laughs> like I thought I was just not listening. <laughs> thought you were the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I did. For once, it was not me. <laughs> yeah, I struggled that quite a lot. Um, in the end, I gave up and just went with it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't mm. think that was particularly effective. No. So for me, it doesn't have a dark, moody and or haunting vibe and I wouldn't give it a tick even on a technicality. No? Okay, fair enough. I think, uh, I guess, like, it's the topic is dark and moody, isn't it? But I suppose, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, if we're going, like, properly... No, I don't know how I was going to word that. <laughs> if we were... If you're going from a true dark academia point of view, it yes. doesn't have it. Yeah, definitely. Do we have hero worship of a particular figure or author? No. The, the only thing I can think of is that at the beginning, the girls worship uh, Neurosi in a way. Um, specifically Kira. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I thought potentially at the beginning that for that aspect, it was going to be Selena. Yes. Because of how they all kind of fawn over her. But she very quickly kind of just became equal. I know that's not a bad thing, but I mean, in the terms of what we're looking for, I thought that she was being positioned to be like the one that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone worships essentially. Yeah. And then she wasn't. Just kind of slipped away. I did. Yeah. At the same time, I did like that. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Where, you know, the, the mean girl, the popular mean girl, does actually get her redemption in that way and and becomes you know she actually apologizes for the things she's done and she kind of has her moment of realizing you know yeah what she became I I quite liked that because that is unusual but it did remove the possibility of that (laughs) uh, dark academia trope for us so it's a bit of a double-edged um sword that one yeah and I guess for in terms of hero worship when it comes to Neurosi, I just think that it is for Kira, mm-hmm. I would say, but not the others. No. And I think as well with Kira, it's... I guess that is a bit dark academia, isn't it? Like, it's it's out of desperation. It's... Because she's, she's clearly very fragile. <laughs> yeah. Um, And she's... A terrible person for the most part and that kind of loses everything that anchors her in her mm. friend group her social status everything but again i don't think that was used to its full potential was it her family that bought the lighthouse or was it selena's i thought it was kira's family Oh, it may have been. I can't remember. I suppose it kind of leads into old money, which will collide with new money or no money, because mm-hmm. yes, but no. It's present, but it's not... Effect- it's not a conflict, is it? No, it's not a conflict. I mean, Selena and Kira, both of their families are obviously well off. Very wealthy, yeah. Um, And then for Finch... um, And then I, I suppose... Pretty much for any of the other characters, we don't get that much of a insight over whether they've got money or not. I think the only one is Risa, isn't it? Because she's on scholarship. 
And, um, you know, the reason she kind of ends up doing the deal with Nerosi is because, you know, her grades have dropped and she'll lose her scholarship. And, you know, the sacrifices that her family have made to get her into this school, you know, she can't afford to just pay the fees. (laughs) Um, And there is a realisation that Selena has actually, isn't there, about how lucky she is that that's nothing that she's ever had to think about. Yeah. Um, But also, why did they, why did they live in a lighthouse? I don't know. Why is this? A th- why was that a thing? Why was the school like? Yep, yeah, that's fine. I don't understand how they were allowed, really. Unless that is just a, they've got a ton of money. <laughs> Let's do them. Let them do what they want. Because one of the girls is a legacy, isn't she? Yeah. So it's kind of you know generations of family have been there. They've got wings named after that family. You know that kind of thing. Um. So but unless it's, a it's just lighthouse. that, I know it's weird. But unless it is that just like that combination of powerful family, students with lots of money, you know, those family names attached to the school, let them do what they want for an easy life. I suppose. But it still sticks out. <laughs> it's not I know, but you explored. also on the flip side, there are all these rules that they're terrified of. So like the school must obviously uh, follow up on its kind of rules and what have you and then it's fine for them to live in a lighthouse i just they're not adults so i just don't think i just don't think it's appropriate for no. a bunch of what, 17 year olds yeah to they're be teenagers a... aren't they they're yeah. underage yeah it is a, an interesting choice <laughs> and i don't even think again like that setting of the lighthouse like that that kind of isolation from the rest of the school that separation it has so much potential i need to find a new word for potential <laughs> no i know what you mean it just <laughs> but it's underutilized again isn't it yeah i think there are a lot of almost like touch points from from horror uh like pop, popular horror mm-hmm. and um even like folklore and yeah. and for me the lighthouse is very much something that i associate with films like the ring um but again it just it feels like an avenue that wasn't explored that could have been that would have kind of gave it that grounding that it needed Mm -hmm. yeah it could have done with another 100 pages to dive into all of those things that were kind of chucked in and then never mentioned again yeah, because I mean, dark academia. We see people living in some very eccentric and mm-hmm. um, interesting living quarters. Yeah. Um, but it just this just it. I don't know why it really really irked me. I was like, why are you in a lighthouse? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I guess I know there's the connection. You know. Rainwater, which is the town that the school's in. It's an island. It's, you know, it's all part of that, like, New England coastal thing. But that aesthetic doesn't really work with what they're doing in the horror. Yeah. Or what they're trying to do with Dark Academia. It doesn't... All of those elements, they clash. Yes. Because they're all thrown in 
There's definitely, and, you're right, there is a clash. Maybe that's, I think that's what I've been trying to put my finger on. Sorry, I've just interrupted you, but no, it's just, you've good. just connected all the dots for me. Because <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I've just been looking, like thinking about it over the past few days. Like why, why is there just, what is so off about this book? And I think it's because there is like a, such a hodgepodge of things that yeah. don't quite fit together. Mm-hmm. So it's like the stag. I thought the stag in the, in the, beginning i thought that was really interesting and i was really i like the imagery yeah. and it's familiar from other ya books even that we've read and i liked it i was into it and then suddenly there's neurosi who i could not read as not being neurosis and then i, I like, noted that down as well yeah yeah and then and then it just yeah and then the lighthouse and and then Simon, the who I love, we both decided yeah. we are in love with Simon. He's great, mm-hmm. but he's such a throwaway character. Yeah, like, he has no point other than he has a car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he is how um, Finch realizes that she actually is a lesbian. Poor Simon. After she kisses him. I don't think does she ever fully is that ever really resolved or do they just are they just then headlong into oh my god there's a demon on the loose after that no they have um it... it's uh oh what's her roommate's name oh Samira Samira so it's Samira love her roommate she's Samira amazing. and Simon I think I could have had the whole book with just Samira and Simon although it wouldn't well actually those two would have been really funny together yeah. as a uh, in like investigating this i think it would have been great i think that would have we said this didn't we it would have been really campy horror mystery would have loved that novel um but yeah they they had a dinner oh um, yeah with selena and finch because that's where selena apologized um for being a bitch and finch kind of explained what's been going on yeah that was like just before the halloween party I just feel bad for Simon. I know. He said he was a genuinely great character. I would have much preferred the novel reworked to be Simon's book. That would be great. Because <sighs> like then Alas. it would have the whole thing of him having to sneak onto campus because mm-hmm. you know, he's got friends up there, but he really shouldn't be going up there because it's an all girls school. Which why is it an all girls school? Please answer me that question. And why do all the boys um, all the boys go into the high school in town, but there's no mention of any girls down there either. But I'm I know. assuming there must be. So <laughs> They're just all in the school. They all happen to be very rich and very talented. I just, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I don't know. Weather. Let's move on to the weather as a literary device. Okay, sure. I don't really remember any significant weather. No. You get the you get the feeling that it's just a bit grey because of yeah. the setting, but and it's kind of coming into winter, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Because well, yeah, it would be because it's the start of a new school year. That was a really stupid thing to say, but <laughs> <laughs> you just get the sense that it's grey and a bit wet. Yeah, a bit damp. Yeah. But yeah, there's no significant weather events. No, no story hinging on weather, which is a shame. Yeah, that was a quick one. <laughs> Just no. No. So our final trope is underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider. Um, 
She's definitely an outsider towards um, Selena's group, but by everyone else, she's immediately welcomed into the fold, isn't she? It's, yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> Finch goes, actually, think I'm going to go after this group who don't want to have anything to do with me. Thanks. <laughs> I, I do. Mm, your friendship is appreciated, but eh, she's hot. <laughs> Basically. Basically. <laughs> yeah, Finch. Finch is a. In, well, I, I, I don't. I was going to say interesting character, but I don't mean that. Well, <laughs> Are you trying to say been, that you hated her? <laughs> no. I just think that she could have been an interesting character. Yeah. And there are lots of different ways that her. As she is currently on the page, could have been explained in very different ways, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't. And as such, it means that I was left being very irritated by her. Yeah, I found her deeply annoying. Yes. The decisions she made were just stupid, but not even in like... They were stupid because the author needed the plot to move in that direction. Yeah. And they weren't, like, that she's just going through stuff. Because she was going through stuff, but there was none of that on the page. Yeah. I really struggle with the idea that she lost her parents in May. Mm-hmm. Is at school in... I don't know when the school year starts <clears throat> for them. September? I'm assuming the so, yeah. August, September. And she's already been through therapy and about the loss of her parents, but there's no mention of the fact that she is bothered by that at all, other than the no. fact that she feels guilty. And that, to me, is a red flag as a person mm-hmm. without any further expl- explanation. Yeah, I think there's, like, one instance towards the end of the novel where she's, like, talking about her parents or she's reminded of it, and she's, like... And, and she kind of has a physical reaction to this grief that's been absent for the 300 pages prior but it's a physical reaction but we're not privy to any of the thoughts really that go with it yeah i think that's also another problem of the chopping and changing um in the perspective yeah because it's close up third i think technically but it's just not very close up yes and it it moves all the time yeah it moves too fast yeah I think we've accidentally slid into uh, discussing Finch there. But I think we'll just go with it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I really struggled with her. I think she made some terrible life choices con- continually. And it, it just... it. So I was ready to forgive the fact that on her first night, her new flatmates are like, oh, do you want to just stay at this... I mean, her Samira was great. Mm-hmm. There was a party going on in her dorm room and Samira was like if you're uncomfortable I'll tell them to leave but also would you like a drink and meet everyone and Finch is like yeah sure drinks we um and then suddenly there's Griffin who doesn't he he doesn't even go here and he's like (laughs) do you want to go down to the tunnels with me you've just met me but do you want to go to these creepy abandoned tunnels that might be haunted she's like yes when your roommate has just warned you off them, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. 
where you are. Like, it's just absolutely wild. Yeah. And then (laughs) it was also the fact that all this horrible stuff kept happening. And then they'd be like... Oh, I'm on the way to I'm on the way to class. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I would be on the way to class after all that happened. No, I or at least wouldn't. not as just like let's go to calculus. Like, yeah. But also, there's clearly like, how did none of the teachers or the welfare staff or anybody not notice that overnight, perfectly ordinary teenage girls suddenly now looked like models in their mid twenties? <laughs> how did someone not go? Eh, you guys okay yeah, puberty it hit late <laughs> like <laughs> what the heck like makeup and, does wonders but not that level of wonder you know yeah yeah and it's just thought pa- thought processes that she's she'll say she'll she would think things like um oh i uh i really need to find out more about that that person in the basement i best bet i bet i suppose i better go back down to the tunnels like no who in their right mind would no one absolutely no one and (laughs) the list just goes on and then (laughs) there's one evening where i think it's the night after she she can't sleep or whatever Mm -hmm. rather than just going so she makes this big point about how samira's told her that if you're caught outside your room or is it if you're caught outside yeah after 10 you'll get in serious trouble so not only is she like that's fine she doesn't go out the door oh no she goes out of the window like why not just leave the door through the door i don't understand why you can't just walk out the door why do you have to climb out the window again stupid decisions (laughs) but also i feel like if that rule is so strict there would be a teacher coming around and doing a check at lights out yeah and yet Selena wakes up in a bush. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Selena wakes up in a bush. People are walking past her like, right, mate? She's like, yep. <laughs> and then she goes and gets changed and then goes to class. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Is she supposed to be like the Queen Bee? <laughs> there would be some chat about that. And then she gets back to the lighthouse and her other friends are freaking out over it as they should. Isn't one even crying? And she's like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And for a a book that uses... So in the... I don't know how it was on the audio book, but in the book, it has text messages that are literally printed to look like you're looking at a phone. Oh, okay. So they have phones. Why would you not, if you woke up in a bush, would you, with no one else around you, would you not message your supposedly other closest friends and be like, hey, did yeah. anyone else wake up outside or, <laughs> you know? Like the first thing you'd do would be go back and you and your friends would miss class to debrief yeah. and figure out what the heck's going on. No, you just quickly. And again, if if it was more prevalent that, the going to class and doing good at school was like the thing that they wanted to do it would make more sense yeah she was just like let me just quickly get my tutu on and i'll come back (laughs) yeah it just it just didn't follow logically did it there was no No. like there was just no logic to it at all really no I, (laughs) i think as well i lacked i wanted more from the it's not even law but like 
more from the fact that this has happened before to make mm-hmm. it make more sense that it's happening again like why yep. is it so significant that it's happening again how is it happening again uh-huh. why finch specifically and what really is the big bad other than it's going to apparently take over the world but but how how and why <laughs> yeah and how was this stopped before and how did they figure this out and there's so much depth of myth and legend and local lore and even if it extended into because they they call her a god at some point don't they yeah well where's the the weight for that because if if she's a a religious god then there's going to be a whole ten of whole ten a whole ton of literature on that yeah but it was just like eh, she's probably a god but we we can do this it's fine we got this and somehow Finch is the key because she can link with her and open up a void. And but why? And how would how did they know that? That's not something you just like brainstorm, is it? No. And how is she not dead? How is Finch not dead at the end? Because mm. the only reason she's alive is because of she's the spark. Connected. Yeah. But, yeah. Basically, these girls have never watched Supernatural, and it's really obvious. Because <laughs> make they... a salt circle. <laughs> Like, Sam does his research. They they need to learn from this. And they use the law, but, you know. I think as well, it's got that comparison to the craft. And in the craft, it it's all kind of self... Uh, it They brought it on themselves very much so. Like, they were in control of that. It was mm-hmm. like their use of magic went yeah. seriously wrong whereas this all is very happenstance it's there's like you said there's not a whole lot of autonomy it doesn't feel like they're making decisions they're just reacting to what's happening mm-hmm. next yeah rather than it being something things are happening to them they're not happening to things <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> passive basically yes that's the word <laughs> Yeah, and I, it's so frustrating mm. because the, I think characters like Simon and Samira, they do have that agency. Yeah. They are striving to do things and they have their own curiosities and their own feelings and their own brains. <laughs> Whereas it- the others don't seem to have that. They're just on autopilot um we don't even we don't even get a glimpse into kind of what their goals are for the future Mm-mm. like even before all of all of this like there's no like oh no now it's ruined i won't go to juilliard or i don't know the names of things but you know what i mean yeah i think simon says he wants to go to emerson to do media but again that's simon that's not our main characters Simon is a well-rounded individual. Of he course, is. he has goals and motivations and, and interests and a dream in life, and and it would just make more sense from him because he already has this established interest in mm-hmm. uh, ooh cryptids and <laughs> ooh cryptids <laughs> <laughs> and like folklore and supernatural yeah. and stuff like that, and knowledge of like um, killing Howard. The band who yeah. kind of were in the position of these guys twenty years ago. Yeah. 
he did make me feel a bit sick when they were like 20 years ago in 2004. I was like, excuse you? (laughs) (laughs) That was unpleasant. Um, (laughs) It was so disappointing. There was so much promise. But alas, it was not there. (laughs) No, it just misses the mark. Just continually... Continually, continually, <laughs> just it just keeps missing, and every time I was like, "Oh, it would miss." Mm. So it gave you little, little breadcrumbs, and then just bashed them away. <laughs> Why do we always end the season on a bum book? <laughs> <laughs> I hope this isn't a trend. <laughs> I mean, it's season four, so it probably is already a trend. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> If anyone listening is thinking about reading My Dearest Darkest, even after we've just torn it to pieces, then I think for the right people, it will be a charming... No, it won't even be charming, but it will be a (laughs) read that you go, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I can see it. I just... It just wasn't for me. Yeah, same. And I guess we are kind of... Our reading is biased because we're looking at it from a specific angle as well but But, then again even if i wasn't reading it for the podcast i I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it so yeah that's what i was about to say (laughs) but there is an element of that in how we're approaching the book to start with and you can't kind of discount that in a bias you know yeah we're already approaching it from an analytical point of view yeah exactly not on a pure kind of whim of i'm gonna read this yeah so is it dark academia no absolutely not it could have been. It could have been. I mourn for all these books that could have been. I know. <laughs> I think sometimes if it like if it works in the genre it is in, then fine. Yeah. But yeah. this one just didn't. <laughs> yeah. If it had really gone in on Sapphic Horror, I'd have been no, it's not Dark Academia, but hey, it it nailed Sapphic Horror, you yeah. know. But it didn't even have that, <laughs> which is upsetting. Hmm. oh dear never mind never mind it's okay we've got another six titles for season (laughs) six (laughs) to uh hope that at least a few of them get it right i don't think this time i think number six this time i have i have some reserved high hopes for i do too i think this could be a winner i think this is gonna be a a trend bucker yeah <laughs> gonna buck the trend <laughs> i guess we should uh tell the people what they are yes so this is the the first reveal of the season five titles so lucky you guys so without further ado the titles we will be reading and discussing for season five of the dark academicals will be Babel by R.F. Quang, Hellbent by Lee Bardugo, The Ruins by Phoebe Wynne, Brideshead Revisited by Evelyn Wall, The Cloisters by Katie Hayes, and How We Fall Apart by Katie Zhao. And the new season will start on May 30th, 2023. So we will be having a little bit of a break. We will be going to Disney. (laughs) <laughs> and then we will be back refreshed for a whole new season whoop, whoop. 
I'm probably going to have to get started on Babel because that is a big boy. It's a chunker, and I believe it is quite a, uh, a, like a slower read. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it, though. Me too, but I'm, I'm... a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah, we've got two, two, two chunks on this uh, on this lineup, one after another as well. Babel <laughs> and then Hellbent, but it'll be good. And we really, really appreciate all your support for season four we hope you've enjoyed the episodes and if you've read along with us um, we hope you've enjoyed the books too even if we have not liked all of them we still hope that you do um so thanks for listening if you would like to sign up to the mailer you can do so at the dark academicals book club dot com and there will be kind of the, the full rundown of all of the titles coming up there too um and yeah i think that's if everything you're... Yeah, if you're not already subscribed, followed, or whatever the little button is, wherever you get your podcasts from, please do press that button because we are so close to 2K, I believe. Yeah, we are very close. I just did the stats this morning. (laughs) (laughs) So please, please, please press the button. It means a lot to us. And it helps us kind of keep doing this as well. So, yeah, thank you for listening and we will see you in May. Bye. Bye.